Hi patrons and welcome to another bonus show for you guys here on our Patreon. It's me Jack and joining me today to speak about something that was suggested by a listener. I don't even know if he's a patron to be honest, but he suggested it anyway. I thought it was quite a good one and it's doubling down and things. Colin, how are you mate anyway? Right, I'm okay, mate, but if this wasn't a patron, fuck them, we're not doing it. Cheerio, folks, thanks for listening. Goodbye. 23 seconds. <laughs> nah, we'll do it, we'll do it. Hi, <laughs> folks. Um, no, that's good. Um, I, I find this quite interesting. I've been looking at the notes that you've prepared, Jack, again ahead of this, and there's some quite interesting stuff here. So, patron or not patron, they'll all be patrons eventually. That is the plan, so it's all good. But, uh, decent content. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Oh, well, we'll see if it's decent content. Leave a comment if you think it's dug shit. Um, yeah, leave comments on the Patreon, folks. I like reading them, please. Yeah, so doubling down, and this kind of came up because I think a few weeks ago, the railways were in strike. Um, now, they might still be in strike by the time this comes out, but we're recording this. I'm not going to date it, but we're recording it as the strikes are happening, so I have dated it. But um, the first day of strikes caused lots of hassle. 85% of trains cancelled, blah, blah, blah. And somebody wrote in saying, uh, did you see the Kay Burley interview with Mick Lynch? Because I think doubling down on something is quite interesting. What did you think about that interview, mate? Uh, explain the interview a little bit in case people haven't seen it. I imagine most people will have seen it. It was all over Twitter and Sky and stuff. So basically, Kay Burley is a fucking idiot, right, at the best of times. She's a well-known idiot. She's not long off a six-month suspension from Sky News for partying during the pandemic and going to parties and drinking and stuff like that during it. So she, she is an idiot. Um, but she's got a very kind of horrible interview style where she, rather than being the impartial newsreader out there to get a story, she very much tries to control the narrative of the story. And that's what she's doing with this guy, Mick Lynch, who is one of the union representatives. And she basically does speak to him in this interview as if he is Arthur Scargill, um, from the 70s, whenever that was, or the 80s, and um, she accused him of being in bed with Labour or trying to get in bed with Labour. She accused him of giving money to the Labour Party. She accused him of being out of touch. She accused him of being out of order. And this guy actually handled the conversation very well. He was polite, he was firm, but handled it on a good way. And you could tell from Kay Burley's actions right away that she knew she'd fucked up. She knew she'd asked something stupid. And he called her out on it and said, why are you asking this? This is a stupid question. It doesn't mean anything. But she's live on the telly. It's it's going out live. There's no pause. There's no edit function at this point. So she's got two options, Jack. She can decide to go, okay, you're right. I've made an arse of it. Or rephrase the question. Or she can just keep repeating the same question over and over again and laughing at the guy as if he's the idiot. And that's what she did. So she doubled. The worst thing about this interview was because they were they were both out of studio. The delay. They kept speaking over each other. But anyway, she's basically saying, um, "What's a what's a picket?" And the guys point behind and saying, "That's a picket. That's a picket line." <laughs> yeah. She goes, "Well, what are your are your what are your members going to do when uh, not voluntary workers, but agency staff agency staff come in to work?" Yeah, we're going to pick at them and ask them not to work. Mm, what else are you going to do? Are you going to, well, I just told you we're going to pick at them. Blah blah blah. She keeps. Are you, are you going to are you going to stop them getting into work? Well, I'm going to try to. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I pick at. Like, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> stop. I don't, I don't know why you're. He's like, I don't know why you're asking this question. What What are you insinuating? And then the the, the main car crash bit. 
is when she brings up the minor strike. Yes. And he literally goes like that. There's about eight people standing behind him with high-vis vests on because they're picketing. <laughs> like that. Does this look like a fucking minor strike? <laughs> Are you mental? Like, there's such a false comparison there. Um, but she, she doubles down and just keeps asking him. And then a, a turn of phrase of hers that is um, pretty despicable for a fucking um, interviewer. When he says, I've answered this question. That's a picket line. But yes, we're going to... I've answered your question, and she says, not to my satisfaction. Yeah, she's a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. But um, doubling down, mate, like, doubling down, like, um, I, I looked up the dictionary definition just to sort of get to, like, well, what the dictionary says, basically. And it says, strengthening one's commitment to a particular strategy or course of action, typically one that is potentially risky. Now, when I think of doubling down, I always think when somebody gets accused of doubling down, it is on an opinion that is generally wrong. Do you know what well, I mean? I, yeah, I because you would only accuse somebody of doubling down if you disagree with what they're saying, wouldn't you? Like, if you were watching Newsnight, uh, or if you were watching Newsnight or Question Time, and two guys were debating and you agreed with your guy, you wouldn't say he was doubling down his argument. Aye, two plus two is four. What did you say? Uh, two plus two is four. He's fucking doubled down on that. Yeah, you wouldn't do yeah. that. You you do associate it with things that you don't. You you not so much what the person believes to be wrong, but things that you believe to be wrong. Um. So I don't know. I don't know if that's. I know you've not made up that definition, but I don't know if I fully agree with it either. No, I don't fully. I, I said I don't fully agree with it. It's just the first definition that came up on Google. Um. I don't know where they get the definitions from, but I imagine it be the, the Collins Dictionary or something. Anyway, but thinking about. Maybe not right now, but really recent times. Who is basically the most famous double downer of the um, last well six around, years? So of the last six years, it's obviously Donald Trump. Yes. The, the other obvious one before that was remember Chemical Alley. Who? Chemical Alley. No man. He was Saddam Hussein's top advisor. Right, and okay. basically, when when the world was bringing Saddam Hussein down, and they were basically attacking his statue in the streets and throwing shoes at him and stuff like that, he kept on the news every day and saying, "It's okay, everything's fine, everything's fine, it's okay." Um, so he was like the 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 typical double downer, um, but he's very much been replaced by Donald now. I would imagine. Yeah, like the term fake news. There is fake news out there, but he would consistently use it for things that were true. Yes, and double down, treble down, and just constantly going about it, and it appeared to become a political strategy for him to just. Oh, it's fake news. It's because he wasn't called out on it enough, and he was able just to talk shit and accuse people of things. And the way he spoke to the press was particularly appalling. Um, especially during the pandemic, Jack, I got quite addicted to Trump and addicted to America. I was watching the American news channels through my IPTV, watching Fox News, watching CNN and stuff like that, and watching his daily his daily pandemic news broadcast was a must-see in this house. It was on at like midnight every night, our, our time, and it was amazing. And like to see the president of the USA saying stuff, the, then the journalists calling it out and saying that's not right, and you'd just say, you would say that, Fox News, idiot. <laughs> Stuff like that to them. Um, he would. He was. He wouldn't always double down his fact. He would double down 
and then use abuse on top of that as well to almost strengthen his point as well, rather than he's, he's not he's not solidifying his, his argument or his point with any fact. He would just repeat it and then call the person in question, I'm an idiot. But he was so dangerous with it because he doubled down and doubled down on the rigged election stuff. Yes. And it basically led to a coup in the fucking Capitol building. Yeah, it's dead. There's still that there's still elections, there's still there's still um certain parts of the country that haven't turned in their votes yet because they still believe the stuff that he told them. There was a thing on the news this week on CNN about I think it was a place in uh, New Mexico where there's a city or a state in New Mexico that still haven't given their results in from the election because they're still proclaiming it was rigged because of him. It's mental, it's mental like Move on from Trump because this is just a bonus episode, so it's not a big long one. But like a lot, a lot of the people that double down to the, the to the max as sort of cults, cult yeah. leaders. Um, there was a, a study done in Chicago in 1954 of a group of people that said there's going to be a massive flood on December the 21st, 1954, and the only ones that would escape this disaster would be the cult members, obviously. Um, they would find this magical transport on a big flying saucer, and mm. it would take them from um, Earth to the planet Clarion. Um, so a lot of them quit their job, abandoned their possessions, made themselves ready for this ascension. Obviously, uh, the 21st of December came and went without accident. So this is... Like they don't just go, oh fuck, we were wrong, sorry, bye, we'll go back to work. Double down, um, regret, they don't, no regret about it. And the cult just reaffirmed this view by saying Earthlings had luckily uh, received a, a second chance. Oh dear. Yeah, there's doubling down, there's saving face there, there's probably a bit of embarrassment there as well, isn't there? That they've quit their job, sold their gear, and the flying saucer never picked them up, Jack. Well, that is it, that is it. Um, what was the other one as well? Um, I'm pretty sure the Earth was going to die. Was, yeah, the world was going yeah, to end not in 2012, apparently, wasn't oh, it? 2012, yeah, that's it. Aye. it was, that was one. There was also the, remember, at midnight, at the year 2000, all the ATMs would just start spitting out money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've listened to podcasts about that that went quite doubling down on it, but they were kind of given reasons for why quite a lot of people did think that in the computing world that they, they kind of thought that it would maybe go but um, I was um, I was listening to a podcast the other day Jack about a guy who basically found a hole in the Bank of America that he said there was a, he basically found a 17 minute window in the middle of the night where the ATMs would still give out money but it wouldn't register on your account and right okay he basically withdrew five hundred dollars every night from four different accounts for about three years before he was caught. That was was that not like was that not a while ago? That rings a bell. It could have happened. I don't know when it happened, but I heard about it on a podcast just recently. Right. Okay. There, there is a aye, that, that definitely rings a bell. Why did he take out more money? I think that was his limit in it. I suppose three hundred pound here would have been about five hundred dollars back then when it was going on. Yeah, it seems like a massive fucking hole that one, but <laughs> massive. I don't. I also don't know how you get caught, but probably just got greedy. Yeah, like there, there is a psychological reason basically for for doubling down. Basically, cognitive dissonance. Our friend Alex would absolutely love to speak about this, but he's not here, <laughs> so we're just going to speak about it. Um, well, I'm just going to speak about it for the next minute or two. Um, and it's basically the stress that people experience when you, you 
because a lot of people don't think you can hold two contradictory thoughts or beliefs or opinions or attitudes, especially nowadays. So black and white. We spoke about this before. So, for example, you're walking along the street with your missus, you see a beautiful bird across the road, and you look at her, and she goes, what are you looking at? And straight away, you deny it. And that's when you experience this thing called dissonance. Because you can cope with it in two different ways. So you either, like it says, you deny it. And you go, I was not looking at what are you talking about? I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that purple dress she's got on, or you can just go that right. Sorry, I'll do that again. Which I would imagine that ninety nine point nine percent of guys wouldn't do. You would just automatically double down. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I wasn't. What are you talking what? about? Right, what are you talking about? And for most people, doubling down actually, it's like a psychological. It makes them feel good, only for a short time, um, because. I think research has found that that short-term feeling of it's like a personal power, it's like you control the narrative by refusing to apologise. Yeah. Makes you feel good for a short period and then you realise that you've made a cunt of yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's also the fact that you've said something, somebody has had objected to it and you've shot them down straight away and said, actually, no, what I'm saying is right. And mm-hmm. it's probably... A wee kind of dopamine hit, a wee endorphin that you get when you do that, probably. Yeah. Right. Again, short episode today, mate, but we're both football fans. Everybody knows, Sport Rangers. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. Doubling down on football opinions is is it just is it what every football fan does? I think it almost is. Yeah, it's, there's not many football fans that and that are kicking about that are big enough to say you know what, I see five minutes into the first game of the season when I said that James Tavernier was shite, you know what, I was wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong, you know. Um, there's also, even the famous pundits, the pundits are the same, they're probably the famous Alan Hansen, you won't win anything with kids, and he backed that up a couple of times during that season when it was becoming abundantly clear that they were going to win something with kids. Ah, but again, the, the argument there was he didn't, Alex Ferguson didn't win that championship with kids. No, he didn't because he had Cantona. He, <laughs> he, he had Hughes, a lot of experienced players. Yeah, he had Pallister. Yeah. And that would be his argument was, well, they didn't win it with kids, so I'm still right. So I, I, I personally don't think that's doubling down, but football is full of it. And to now take it off into a, a mystical fucking Illuminati world, Letitia, mate, have you seen him sort of recently kicking about the internet, yeah, being a fucking maniac? So he's obviously, he obviously got the sack off Sky at the start of the last season. He he got a phone call from Sky saying that he, he invited him to a Zoom call and told he wasn't needed for any further shows. He had nine months left in his contract when that happened. 
right. and just said, it's okay, we're not going to use you. That, I think that's why he's been relatively quiet. That nine months is now finished. Right. And now he's out doing every fucking podcast that will have him on it. He's on the TikToks, he's on everything, talking about fucking Black Lives Matter, talking about the Illuminati, talking about anything to listen to him say. The guy's a fucking crackpot. Um, he's very, very angry just now about Jamie Carragher still having a job at Sky. Right. Um, See, I've actually not looked that much into Letitia's. I know he came out about the anti-vax stuff or whatever, bonkers. And the only reason he popped up yesterday was because there was an hour and 22 minute video um, called Who Runs the World? Uh-huh. And it was him. It was like the main guest on it. <laughs> yeah. I've not watched a second of it. I've not read anything about it. So tell me a little bit about what, what do you know what he's been saying? Like, I, I don't know specific. I, I genuinely don't know specifics. I just know that he's saying stuff that are far more in line with David Ike than are more in line with Sky Sports and Ben Adams, whoever their presenters are these days. Um, he's he talks about Black Lives Matter. He talks about he criticizes that. He criticizes it as a movement. He's very anti-vax. He's talking about how it was all by Big Pharma. It was all an operation by Big Pharma. Governments were involved because they wanted to. Uh, reduce the elderly population, killing a lot of them off. It's all fake. It's not a real <laughs> illness. All this sort of stuff. Basically, see if you can think of a fucking stupid, idiotic opinion. He's got all of them. Basically, I, I, I particularly want to know why he doesn't think that Jamie Carragher should still have a job. Because part of the reason he was told that he wasn't getting the job in Sky, he wasn't get, he wasn't getting kept on, was because he was told that his views and his behaviour on social media. Um, didn't fit the didn't 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 fit the sort of persona and the public profile that Sky Sports wanted to put out there. Right, and he's obviously his retort to that was, "Well, you suspended Jimmy Carragher for six months for spitting at somebody at a car window, and then you brought him back. How does does start to spitting on somebody out a car window? Does that fit more in with your company profile or your company outlook than me giving some thoughts and things does?" Do you know what? He's, he's kind of actually got a, a bit of a point. Like both of them, if spitting somebody's all right and being a, a, a screwball with a massive social media following or a website or whatever he's got doesn't go. I think both of them, I suppose, should kind of be like, "No, both of these can fuck off." Yeah, um, I think the argument would be that Jimmy Carragher probably shouldn't be there, and he shouldn't be there either. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, but. Jamie Carragher's managed to hold on. Jimmy Jimmy Carragher's doing all right. He does all the American coverage for Paramount as well. So when he's not on Sky, he's on Paramount doing all the Champions League games and stuff like that with Mika Richards and Thierry Henry. Um, but yeah, Matt, Matt Letizia is... For a guy who was an absolute joy to watch as a footballer, Jack, a guy that didn't score a bad goal, it was, he was a fantastic player. Like, early days of the Premiership, my first real exposure to football that wasn't Rangers was the Matt Letizia... Premiership years, you know, with Southampton and all those brilliant goals he scored and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's it. It's kind of coming out the woodwork now that, like, a lot of people thought, oh, he wouldn't leave Southampton because he loved it so much, though. Nah, he didn't leave it, Southampton because he fucking never bored his arse training. He was fucking off to the Guern the Channel Islands every fucking two or three days and he didn't have any real sort of the commitment. He needed to go to Man United to go to an Arsenal, I think. Is what, I think, sorry if I've interrupted you there, but I think that's where you were going to go. I'm kind of going to go that route, but then I've heard like he was just even back then, like a fucking oddball, and people like that. He's going to ruin 
the vibe in the dressing room or whatever they can fucking stay down there, basically. You'd, you, well, you would need to be some sort of an oddball to have the ability that he had and to make the decision that the first decision you make is that I don't want to go play for England, I don't want to go to the Euros World Cups, I'll play for the fucking Channel Islands. There's one stupid decision because he had, he had the choice to play for England or the Channel Islands, he picked the Channel Islands um, and then he chose to stay at Southampton. And so that's the thing. Now, now it might appear that he didn't choose. He was left there because, like you say, lazy bastard, fat cunt. He thinks that um, UFOs are real, or like there's no potatoes in the world, or crisps don't exist, or whatever it is he thought. Nibble at no fuck that man. I'm like after five minutes conversation with Matt, you're kind of like nah, just like, nah, that's all right. So yeah. it's, it's not that he chose to say that; it's that he get left there because people are like he's well, fucking yeah, mental. Alex Alex Ferguson tried to sign Gaza, didn't try to sign Matt Latissi. So there you go. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Matt's more mental than Gaza. Oh, fuck, oh, just, oh right, Gaza's like peak mental. I won't go above that. Here comes Matt with his fucking clown shoes on and like one glove. Just a rubber glove. Like, ah, right, okay, nah, fuck him. I watched a, I watched a really good clip of Gaza the other day, and it was it was good and bad. It was Gaza doing one of his, uh, one of his like uh, speakers nights, right? And you can never tell his speech is so badly slurred now. The poor guy, you, you always think he might be pissed, and he's probably not half the time. Mm-hmm. But he was he was asked about the Real Moat stuff. Okay, right, and I've never actually had Gaza speaking about this before. Neither um, man, no. He, I'll try and find the link and I'll send you. It. He's like, I was, I was sat in my hotel room and I saw it on the news, and I thought I recognised the guy. You know, I thought I recognised him. I done a line of cocaine, and I looked at the telly again. And I thought, that's my cousin. Done <laughs> <laughs> another line of cocaine, and I thought, that's my best mate. Done another line of cocaine, I thought, that's my brother. <laughs> I need to go help him. <laughs> And he said he basically he got he got there and the police basically just told me to fuck off. Like the whole idea of him giving him the chicken and the fish and all it was all bullshit. He basically got to the police lines and mm-hmm. the police told him to fucking chase himself and that was it. But it was quite entertaining the way he told the story, but quite sad at the same time. That's the thing that, that like a lot of these see stories about people being off their nut or so mentally twisted that they think stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking about it is quite funny, but drilling down to into it, it is sad, man. Yeah, Very but sad. I never knew that. I never knew that. It was just the more the more Charlie he took, the closer they got to Ralmo. <laughs> yeah, the closer they got. Like, I had one more line. It was his da. Um, but I, I'll try and find you. That. I, think, I think it was TikTok. I'll try and find it and send it over. Right. I don't even know why I watched it. To be honest, but uh, if you find it, send me. It. Right. Again, um, a lot longer. Than I thought we were going to do for this uh, bonus episode for you top potatoes on Patreon. Um, we'll be back to you soon with more bonus stuff. You get your stuff early, you get your stuff ad-free. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Yeah, God. thank you, folks. Thanks for all the people that have signed up recently as well. It's much appreciated. And thank you to everybody that has hung around. Retention rate's pretty amazing. Only one person's ever left. So it is appreciated. More like a laugh and a joke and stuff. But you guys are the fucking the top people. And we really, really, really do appreciate it. Hey guys, speak to you soon. Cheers.